Welcome to Ask the Real Estate Doctor. Each week, we bring you an accomplished guest to share with you many tips and info that will make a difference in your life. And we'll also discuss real estate market and real estate investment tips and help you make better financial decisions with your real estate investment and achieve your goals. You know, there was still about two months that nobody wanted to meet us at all. You know, I lost as much time as anybody else. So it's, you know, no reason to complain. I was working on my business during that downtime to try to tweak, you know, some internet marketing and so forth. But it was good just to give us a chance to regroup. Excellent. Paul, the way it is, basically, I send so many, I send a blast email to people and social media and ask them what questions they're going to have for my guests. And when it comes to Paul Saperstein, as you could imagine, I have tons of questions for you, okay? <laughs> and I'm just going to pick the best ones that is sort of like, okay. uh, the purpose is to help the listeners and people in general just to get the best value from the guest here. And since, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost my thought here. The first question is, what percentage of your business buyers versus listings? So uh, about two years ago, I made the transition to work 100% listing. The only buyers that I'm willing to help would be family or if somebody actually contacts me on that listing, I yeah. will show them that property, do my best to show them that property and sell it and for a discounted commission rate for the seller. But if they don't buy that property, I do refer it out to the buyer's agent. Do you work alone or you have a team? It's set up as a team structure, but all the closings are actually 100% mine and the team actually does close their transactions in their own name. So I don't take any money from anybody else. So it's, it's really a solo agent, but we do, I do have a select group of people that are preferred buyer's agents, but you know, we collaborate like a team, but we're, we're not splitting commission. I got you, I got you, excellent. Um, one question is like, that was one of the major ones actually, how do you get face to face or voice to voice with all these people? Do you, what, do you use a program or do you really like you have this personal touch or what do you do? So, yes, I do meet with everybody face to face. I mean, uh, again, my, my clients are seniors. So mm -hmm. if you study the different demographics and age groups and stuff, they want to do business face to face. So the initial meeting is, is a no pressure sales. You know, we go in there, we spend time for an hour. I try to make a friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I do not try to leave with the listing. We try to leave with the listing. You know, you, you seem like a salesman and not a more customer service based. You know, I set aside an hour for the listing appointment. I do bring the paperwork, but I actually don't ask for the business when I'm there. Uh, when it comes to uh, marketing, what percentage of your uh, each transaction, how much money you allocate towards marketing per transaction? I probably don't track it well enough. I mean, I track it at the end of the year. I think it ends up being about 10%, but I don't do it on a per transaction basis. Uh, in this industry, if you, I try to say like, keep it simple, stupid. If you try to overanalyze what you're doing, sometimes you might miss what you're actually trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to get my name out there, trying to increase my network, and to put a value on that is very hard to monetize. Okay. Um, can you just tell us briefly about your listing presentation? What do you do when you walk into the house? Sure. And if you were there, you'd probably be very unimpressed, but we... Okay. Um, Walk in the door, obviously say hello. We used to mm -hmm. hand people business cards. We don't anymore. Mm -hmm. I asked them to please give me a tour of the property. Probably the most important thing. And I use that 10 to 15 minutes to bond with the client. Any Anything that I think we might have in common, we talk about. 
you know, try to figure out where they're from based on photos, ask them about their family, just try to be a real The, um, you know, we do sit down at the table at the end, but that's really just to go over the comps. Um, you know, I ask them about themselves, what they do for work, are they retired, what are your goals, uh, what's your timing, is price more important than timing, and then eventually we go over the comps and see if they're ready to do business. Again, depending who the age group is, you, you want to make sure you're including other people in the family if they're making a major decision. And uh, you said before, you did, so I had a question here, it says uh, if you do a buyer's presentation, you don't do a buyer's presentation because you don't really work with buyers anymore. Right? Yeah. No, I don't. A lot of the agents on my team yeah. that work buyers have probably like a four-page questionnaire that if you can answer it in person, it's probably a little better mm-hmm. uh, to make sure, well, like, you know, our team does buy Zillow leads and stuff like that. Zillow preaches, um, get the appointment, meet face to face, and don't don't turn them off before you even meet them. And that's the okay. same thing about. Uh, I think some agents, if if I have the opportunity to meet a seller and they tell me over the phone they're going to sell in five years from now, I still yeah. want to meet. Them. I want to meet them today. I want to put them in my database because they might have some friends or family they refer to you if within the next five years. So it's very valuable. There's no wasted time in real estate. Absolutely. Um, I still have a lot of questions about the same exact thing. Go back to the marketing, marketing, marketing. In terms of marketing, do you, what do you do? Farming and what else? Sure. Yeah. So about 70% of my business does come from direct mail, Okay. which is a huge number. Now, that it may not be all new business from the direct mail. It may be referrals from somebody that got my direct mail. Okay. Uh, about 30% of the business is repeat business from you know, past clients. Um, and then what I've been doing this year when, when we were, you know, uh, regrouping with the coronavirus is taking my print marketing and, you know, trying to digitize it by having a special website for each neighborhood on there, doing retargeting. Once the person goes to the website, we're following them around. So we're just trying to take it to the next level for, you know, there's two different kinds of, in my opinion, two different kinds of marketing. You have branding, which mm-hmm. is getting your name out there. And then you have lead generation. Mm-hmm. So if you can do both, you know, at the same time effectively, like most of the time, the, the reason I don't think billboards work, because people won't call you off a billboard. Yes. But, you know, if you get in their mailbox for 60 cents or 30 cents, eventually you, you might have you a call. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you gotta, you got to spend your money wisely. Don't, don't do it with an ego. Do it to get results. Okay. With this volume of closings, how many communities are you farming? Just about um, yeah, fifteen to twenty. I started with one neighborhood, which was Casabella, about five years ago, and right. I've added a couple of neighborhoods each year. And most of the people fail with the farming because when it's ready to you know bear its fruit, they quit. So you you do have to be consistency is probably the biggest thing. That actually would be my next question. How long do you be? Um, how long do you stay? Let's say you farm for a year or two until you get result. What happens when you say you know what? Stop um, working here. You should break even your first year. So my average sales around 200,000. So say it's five to $6,000 in commission, you know, two and a half percent to 3%. Uh, If it's a thousand unit community, it probably costs me 2,500 to 3,000 for the year. If you can't do one deal from sending 12,000 mailers, something, something's wrong. You know, okay. so it's almost irresponsible not to pick neighborhoods. Now you got to do it. You got to check the um, 
you got to check the turnover rate. You got to make sure there's one agent doesn't live in there that's doing sixty mm -hmm. business. Um, and your marketing really has to speak to the client. It's um, instead of them saying to you, "Well, AJ, you're going to cost me six percent." You want to provide some value the same way you're doing with this show without any cost. And however, right. you, however you creatively come up with a way to do that. Don't look. Don't have them look at you as a like a liability. Have them look at you as an asset. However, you're able to you know turn the tables. Go. I guess. Paul, uh, well, it's uh, you know I just promise you it's not going to be a long conversation, but I just have so many questions. So I'm going to narrow it down to. Okay. No problem. You know we have so many realtors coming into the industry, brand new, and they hear from everybody doing something different from the other person, right? What advice would you give a brand new agent? what to do first, yeah. Sure, well, you know, we actually give our agents like a 30-day roadmap, which makes sense, and you'll actually see the agents that complete it, even okay. though it's not the perfect roadmap, will be on the way to success. The people that don't tell, you know, don't listen to advice, they probably won't be in the business. Okay. You also gotta think of it as a marathon, not a sprint, and it's a career, not a job. So. You know, this is probably one of the only jobs in the world that you don't get paid when you do the work. You actually, you may never get paid from the work you do, uh, and that's why it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people because they feel like yeah. they did a lot of work and never got compensated. Right. And what do you tell people who have been in the business for eight, ten years and struggling right now? They got to look to see, well, first of all, they got to find out if they love the business. If you don't love this business, you mm -hmm. won't. If you don't love helping people, don't think of this as a sales business. This is customer service. You are, you know, building relationships. We get paid well if when we close the deal. The industry's changing. If if you're not willing to be flexible and change with the industry, you you know, you might want to look at a different industry or or go to a different model, maybe a Redfin where you you're getting a salary and a smaller portion of commission, but they're giving you the leads. You, you just got to make sure you love it because if, if the industry yeah. is changing and you're not, you, you're probably yeah. not. Okay. How do you see the market? Like, you know, the first half of the year, as you know, many people are complaining about the market condition, what's going to happen with, you know, with all what's going on with the virus and so forth. The second half of the year, how do you see in our area? If you look at my numbers from this year to last year, they're actually, they're, they're almost the same, even though we lost two months. I think mm -hmm. the second half of the year will be strong. I don't think we're going to see any increase in pricing, but you know, if inventory is low, it seems like everything that we're listing is going under contract about 20, 25% faster. But the buyers are, they're getting smarter each year. They, they don't want to overpay for properties. We're having a conversation on almost every finance deal of how it's going to appraise before we even get to that, you know, roadblock. So we're, we're educated buyers and uh, educated agents and, you know, the deals that are coming together are, are you know, a little more solid. That's true. Uh, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I see. You know, it is. it's just uh, most buyers are serious and um, people are very cautious about the appraisal. Yeah. If you yep. know how it's going to be. Um, what do you think is going to happen next year <laughs> in terms of, you know, just because many, many people still, some people say, you know, it's uh, election year. So things going to sort of look, it's going to stay the same until the end of the year because of election. But coming next year, many people anticipate it's going to be chaos in terms of uh, you know, real estate transactions. If you really think about real estate as a real estate agent, we just care that people buy and sell a home. The Excellent. prices is not as important to the real estate agent as it's important to the public, but we just need transactions. So 
when a hurricane hits or when COVID hits and there's no transactions, that's when it gets scary. The people that have to buy or have to sell that are out here looking right now, they have to buy or have to sell no matter what the price is. I don't think it'll be like what happened in 2008 because most people have had equity. Anybody that's bought in the last 10 years should have equity. So even, God forbid, if they did lose their job, they shouldn't be upside down on their property. So I don't think we'll see as many foreclosures, but we might see a lot of inventory come on the market in 2021. And that really controls the prices, supply and demand. You know, and, and that's, you know, the election, yeah. I mean, they do say every year election is, a, is an off year, but we're still, I mean, we're, we're probably one of the most desirable places in the country to live. So it's hard to, hard to regulate. I agree with you. Most of, actually, many of my listeners here are uh, going to watch the audience here. Uh, they are uh, not realtors. Okay. It's 50-50 split, just to let you know. Okay. So uh, what would you say to the people, Candy, if they want to feel like some people are thinking, like, let's just uh, downsize or upsize, and they're not sure, should we wait in the market, but they want to sort of sell now and get their um, the highest value if they can. And that's what do you say to people? So you just sell their house and move on with a upside or downside, or what do you what do you say to them? Great question. I asked myself that this year as well because we were actually thinking about moving. Yeah. Um, I don't know that a move during a, a crisis makes sense unless you have to. Move. The there's many reasons for people moving, but if if it's just a want and not a need, in my case, then. I think we should stay put to see see what happens. Paul, I have to say, I don't think you said what you just said to uh, any of your sellers for the 70 transactions, right? <laughs> no, but no, I've actually, I would tell them that. Um, okay. but, but right now, like for example, there's neighborhoods that have a huge amount of inventory that yeah. I tell them, let's, let's wait. And that's one of the things they actually respect is that you don't, you're not going in there and you're, you're trying to get their, you know, look after their best interests and not so much about if you look at a person as a commission, yeah. they can Absolutely. feel it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So I am honest with them. Yeah. No, I no, I know. I'm just like, you know, just, I'm just yeah. getting here. Uh, Paul, what makes Paul Sapristina, as I said, I speak with many realtors every day like you, like you do. Yeah. Most of the realtors looking at the whole thing as, you know, the, the whole world is going to collapse any minute, you know? What makes you different that you say it differently? Do you pay attention to the news or you, you just like, you know what? going to do your thing and just pay attention to your work well when we were stuck home i was watching cnn every day but okay um but it, a lot of its mindset like when i switch to depending what company you're at and there's nothing wrong with wherever anybody works but it's the mindset you have so just because you switch companies or you make a change doesn't mean you're going to do any better or worse it, it's all your own mindset which controls your, your whole life. It, and not that I walk around in the best mood every day, but if you think something bad's going to happen to you, it probably will. If you think something good's going to happen, it probably will. So really mind. Attitude is a major thing. Yeah. I always say when people say, I'm going to go to other place, I say, don't forget, you get, you're taking yourself there too. Yeah. <laughs> this is a more problem, usually. Sure. So um, before we end here, uh, like I told you, it's not going to be a very long one. I just wanted to get your um, best tips, and I think you shared so many good ones, so many. Many of the new realtors, actually, if they listen to your tips, they will just go for a home run, you know, some of your tips you just mentioned. Tell me something I don't know about Paul Severs' team. <laughs> well, one of, one of the reasons that I started taking the, um, you may or may not know this, AJ, but one of the reasons I started taking the business a little more serious after 15 years uh, we had just had my third child 
probably the best real estate year of my life. And then we lost pretty much all our money in a Ponzi scheme. And I had two choices. I could either uh, lay on the couch and be depressed and lose the house and you know, family would probably fall apart or I could just put my head down and grind and have a great attitude and make it happen. And, you know, five or six years later after this Ponzi scheme, I actually am better off than I was. So it was, it was kind of a wake up call that you can't just, you know, slide by in life. You got to really, you know, put your heart into it. But when you do, it's, it's amazing how uh, things actually come. Into Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that personal, uh, <clears throat> you know, if we just say then um, it's been great listening to you and I know you, I work with you and I know how great you are and I know how sincere you are. I don't know, one of the comments came when I put that on Facebook and one of the comments, he was a doctor and he said, amazing, he said a great thing about you, I don't, know, I don't know if you saw it or not. He's a doctor, he, he said you were his neighbor a few houses down and there was a, um, about a hurricane coming or something and you went, you knocked on every door, you were asking them if you could help them with their shutters or something. Is that true? Yes, yeah, in Casabella about yeah. my wife got mad because we still hadn't got my shutters up yet. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we went door to door. We have a little golf cart in the neighborhood and we just asked if anybody could help. Just the fact that they know they have a neighbor out there can help. Did everybody take us up on it? No. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that you do, just goodwill, it comes back to you tenfold, especially in our industry. You, you'd be amazed. You open the door for somebody the next week, you're selling them a half a million dollar house. You never know. Oh, you're an amazing guy. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, best of luck. That, not that you didn't need any, but, you know, best of luck. And hopefully we'll speak with you soon, hopefully by for the end of the year. You got it, buddy. I owe you lunch, AJ. Thanks, man. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Take care.